The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer's Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to the Ringers Philly special. It's Chris Ryan. It's Raheem Palmer. We're talking Sixers. We are talking JoJo Embiid, best player on the planet. Watch Raheem. What's going on, man? Oh, that was an incredible game last night. And I think I was texting you guys. I'm like, yo, the Sixers are going to lose this game because I just you don't certainly know. were. I just didn't know if they could keep up with the Jazz. I thought the Jazz were just going to pace and space them to death. And Joel Embiid said cancel all of that so it's just a huge performance (laughs) a huge weekend for Embiid look here's what the state of the team is it's a seven and seven team they're in sixth place in the conference I think they're trying to sort of weather the storm of Harden being out and we found out what the recipe for success is for this team and it's Joel Embiid scoring 101 points in 24 hours (laughs) basically (laughs) it's the question is how great does this dude have to be for this Sixers team to be good yeah, I mean, I think it's a pair. I mean, when you look at the Sixers team over the last five games since Harton hasn't been playing, they're 29th in offensive rate and scoring 105 points per 100 possessions. But the one thing that you can say about this team is that they're also first in defensive rating over that time period as well. So it's not just Joel Embiid scoring um, on the offensive end of the floor. He's actually you know, he's playing defense, and he's helping to clean things up. He has seven blocks last night, so... This team is going to have to win with defense, and you know Joel Embiid is going to have to continue to just put up thirty and forty point games. Yeah, so I mean, let's just set the table here a little bit. Obviously, the Sixers they they beat they went two in a row. They beat the Hawks on the second game of their little mini Hawks series, and then they beat the Jazz on Sunday night. Joel scores fifty nine points; it's a career high best. He catapults him back into, if not the MVP race, at least the best player alive on any given night conversation. And this is despite him talking about 
some lingering and emerging foot and shoulder issues. There was a really funny Sam Cassell quote when MB gave this press conference and he was basically like, um, yeah, you know, by the way, like aside from the planter, like I also have this shoulder thing where I can sometimes not lift my arm over my head. And then like Sam Cassell had a quote where it's like, Joel's always holding something like Joel's always kind of got like a, a nick or a bruise or an injury. So, and he just had the just flu. A, he had the flu last yeah, and week. He just had the flu and he was out for a week with the flu. That's right. So on one hand, you know, Joel goes out there, he scores 59. He scores. What was that? Like 26 of the last 27 points for Philly down the stretch. Like I think Daniel he had 26, had like he had 26 in the, in the fourth quarter alone. <laughs> That's right. And, and Philly scored 27. And uh, he essentially puts on like a masterclass. It's like he's he's operating from that area just inside the top of the key. He basically has the floor spread out around him. Jazz were throwing triple teams at him. He was his shot was so on last night. That's the thing that I loved is just like you could see he could make that jumper work. It wasn't even jumper. Sometimes it was fadeaway. Sometimes it was like it just it was like these little like like punch shots, like these little, like just like little, like hook, like shoves, but like everything had that wrist, everything had touch. And he was just in complete command of the orchestra. I don't want to be like in any way, anything other than being like, that's just an amazing person to cheer for and an amazing person to have on the team. But it is kind of worrying if you feel like this dude has to put play 40 minutes a game and score 50 points a game for you get for your team to 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 be able to compete against the Hawks and the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I don't want to diminish the Hawks and the Jazz, especially the Jazz because I mean, right now, yeah, the Jazz, awesome. I mean, they're just an incredibly fun team to watch and I think they have a math advantage over most teams because they're shooting and making so many threes. So, I don't want to diminish them, but I think it's troubling when you know, how do you compete against the elite teams? Now, they did go ahead and beat Phoenix the other night, but I mm-hmm. mean, this Phoenix team is pretty banged up. But I just think they just need to weather the storm. And the biggest thing is that Tyrese Maxey has to play better. Tyrese Maxey, over the last five games, 20 points on 34.9% shooting, 30% from three. And I think he's really struggling with his ability to be a, a playmaker when his shot is not going. I mean, the one thing you can say about Harden is when his shot's not going and he doesn't have it together offensively, he can still impact the game with his playmaking. And I don't think Tyrese Maxey is there yet. Now, you know, I, the one thing I can say is that he got the ball to Joel Embiid last night. So <laughs> that's a positive. But I just think, I mean, he's still a young player. He's still going to have to grow. But they need Tyrese Maxey to be the second best player on his team. And right now, he's just been inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, there's a long-running Sixers debate, Sixers like fan debate about whether when is the last time the Sixers had a player who could throw a proper uh, pass <laughs> to the post, like a p- proper like just like set the big man up on the block where he needs the ball kind of pass, and it's like that's the that is sort of the George Hill role that this team does not have, like that pure point guard albeit coming off the bench, probably finishes the game and is just incredibly good at ticking it over and making sure everybody's getting touches and that the hot guy is getting touches. And Tyrese is still learning the game. He's going to have nights where he's going supersonic. He's going to have nights where he's stalled out. I, You know, you're talking about weathering the storm. And I think the thing is, like, you know, we saw a little bit of what this team looked like at supposedly full power. Obviously, Embiid didn't start the season well. You're basically waiting for Harden to come back, hoping Harden doesn't have a chronic issue over the course of the season with any of, like, hamstring, foot, whatever. And that when they get it all locked up and ticking, 
that the defense kind of can come up for air a little bit with Harden on the floor and that the offense works really well, right? Like, what is the recipe for uh, a Sixers team that looks like it belongs in the Milwaukee and Boston conversation? See, I mean, for me, it's just, I think this team is just, they're going to have to win a ton with offense. I think right now, obviously, the transition defense is still a problem, but it has improved. I mean, at one point, they were dead last in transition points per possession now they're 26 so i mean it's a small improvement i think they they have to get better there i think right now it's like they're still they're still 27th in points at the rim giving up yeah. um, 70 percent at the rim and i mean that's not going to work against when you a Giannis in the world but i think some of that is the fact that joel and b i mean he started off the season slow so i, I just think this team is going to have to be a lot better than they are offensively um um, we all know that you have Tyrese Maxey, you got James Harden, you got guys who aren't the best defenders. So Joel Embiid's going to have to clean up a lot, but they're really going to have to win offensively. And I just think they're going to have to find something for this bench because the yeah. bench, which we, which we came into the season thinking was better, it really hasn't been better. They have a lot of inconsistent guys. Do you think it's a roster thing or do you think it's like a minute allocation thing? And not, you know, we've talked a lot about Glenn Doc Rivers and whether or not he deserves the PhD, you know, and mm-hmm. whether or not anybody in Philadelphia can call themselves a doctor. We've discussed this, yeah. but you know, do you think it's a matter of doing something very risky, like say put Tobias on the bench and have him be the Westbrook of the second unit? You know what I mean? Like the guy who's like the clear alpha mm-hmm. of a second unit who the closing lineup is, is de- debatable, but I wonder whether or not like at seven and seven, you could look at it and say like, look, we're fine. We're going to keep rising in the standings. We like our team. Or do you say, let's start making some like dice rolls here and see if we can find some like magic for the, for the second half of the season? Well, I, th- I think for the second half of the season, you kind of got to assume that if James Harden is healthy, you can have one of Tyrese Maxey or James Harden on the floor at all times. And I think that will, that will help those bench minutes. Um, I- I'm still not the biggest fan of Montrez Harrell. Um, yeah. I'm really disappointed that they couldn't find a role for Isaiah Joe because he seems to be thriving in Oklahoma City. I mean, he's like, I watched him during the summer league. It, it felt like he just did not miss a three during the summer league. and He just needs to be it, in an environment where he can miss threes. And if he gets the yeah. hook every time he misses a three or blows a coverage, like, you know, like we are, we are the anti-light-years-ahead uh, team. We are not developing guys. Like, Tyrese is almost despite... The fact that yeah. like I could see Doc still having Tyrese on like as like the third or fourth guy coming off the bench if it weren't for like his like irrepressible talent. Yeah, I mean his irrepressible talent and the fact that Benjamin didn't want to play basketball last year <laughs> and they had no choice. <laughs> so wait, we can have multiple Benjamins from Philadelphia, but we can't have multiple Docs. Like what would Ben Franklin <laughs> say? oh i'm sorry i mean i just can't call him ben i I gotta call him benjamin he's not he's not cool enough to get the nickname okay okay (laughs) yeah at ikea your dream home is a blue bag away no matter the size of your space or budget we've got everything you need to turn your dreams into reality and now with new lower prices on hundreds of our most popular products bringing the dream home is even easier like the gray strandum wing chair was $369, now $299. And the IKEA Plus 365 nine-piece cookware set was $129.99, now $89.99. And hundreds more. Shop new lower prices at ikea-usa.com today. 
This episode is brought to you by Funnables. Funnables aren't just fruit snacks. Every bite your child takes is fueled to spark their imagination, taking them from a wild unicorn space mission to a deep sea dive into a rainbow river. Funnables are made with 7.1% real fruit puree and are an excellent source of vitamins A, C, and E. So anytime, any place, make snack time playtime with Funnables fruit snacks. Have fun, eat it too. Visit FunnablesSnacks.com to shop now. Do you have any, uh, like, I was wondering about this because obviously there's a little bit of buyer's remorse from Brooklyn about Benjamin. Um, it is interesting to go through the season, like, knowing, like, he's not coming back. Like, I mean, like, I always, like I think I psychologically knew that last season after the Atlanta series and he mm-hmm. he kind of disappears from the team for a variety of reasons. But it, it hit me over the last week or so just like, oh, yeah, like. The perimeter defender, the playmaker, the guy who got us into transition was always Ben. And now it is truly like this different team now. Yeah, it's I mean, it's 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 kind of hurtful. Actually, I'm, I'm I actually feel bad for him at this point. Um, for Simmons, you know, when, yeah, just because it kind of reminds me of what we saw from Dwight Howard when he had that back injury. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same player again. And right. it almost feels like we kind of robbed Brooklyn. <laughs> by getting James Harden for him because let's I just, not I, let's not count all of our chickens before they hatched, man. That's true. <laughs> got, James James Harden is not like Cal Ripken Jr. We're gonna have to wait and see what he looks yeah, we like. Yeah, de- we definitely have to month. wait and see. But I would definitely rather have like even the version of James Harden that we got, yeah, versus Ben Simmons. Like that's good. That's well put. Um, yeah. I was wondering if you had any like kind of, you know, like as you watch a team like. Utah, who is tactically like incredibly sound. Will Hardy's doing a really amazing job, basically mm-hmm. getting like, you know, t- taking a bunch of nickels, but then making a dollar out of it. You know, it's like, do you wish that the Sixers had a little bit? Because that's what I was sort of asking about. Mm-hmm. Is there a radical, um, mm-hmm. uh, like rotational change that Doc can make or a tactical change that Doc can make short of Maury coming in and being like, I guess I have to make a trade. I guess I have to try and find a Tobias buyer or something like that to get like you know some more playmaking involved or whatever it is that we feel like some more perimeter perimeter defense involved in the team but you know when you watch like will hardy run that utah team the way he's running it does it make you jealous it does um i just i like the the free-flowing environment that they have where you know they're taking a ton of threes and they're just up and down the court it's just so fun to watch and there's they're just such a deep team like you look at Colin Sexton, he was starting before he got hurt um, yeah. for the the Cavaliers, and he's coming off the bench. And it's just like, he's a guy who's just, he's a spark plug. He's instant offense. Like, I love seeing guys like that. And then, you know, how they develop marketing or even Tyler um, Horton Tucker. It's just, they have so many guys. And I would love to see some of those guys coming off the bench for the Sixers. Like, I, I like I love that we added D, um, DeAnthony Melton. But it's just it's just not enough right now. We just need more playmaking and not just like former Houston Rockets. Like Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I don't know. I, I am a little jealous to be honest with you. You know, I, I think that I think I'm. I, I think that like this season has been difficult. Obviously, there's been a ton of off court stuff that's been somewhat distracting from like the product on the court. But you see some teams like the Cavs gel immediately with a new player or you see some teams like the jazz completely overperforming expectations because they've committed to a certain style of play and everybody knows their role and they're all playing for each other yeah the sixers are in this sort of like weird nether region where they have like some new faces but not really that new because these guys seem to know each other 
you know, yeah. they've added Tucker because that was what Embiid wanted. They've added um, a couple of guys that seem to be very much tailored towards Harden's tastes. So I think that it's a very star-friendly team. We've got like what who is a coach who's known as a player-friendly coach, although I don't necessarily always hear the players sound that excited about him. And then we kind of just are like at this sort of like, okay, the season starts now 15 games in. We're, four, we're seven and seven. We kind of got over the bad start, and now it's about like going forward. What's, what's the one thing that you're the most uh, pleasantly surprised by so far in the Sixers team, and what's the one thing that's the biggest cause for concern? Mm, the biggest thing I'm surprised about honestly, I'm just surprised about how bad the bench has been like that. That really is like, so that's not a pleasant, that's an unpleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really unpleasant. I just didn't see it. Like I just thought the bench would be a lot better. And, and it's just, we're just, I mean, like we really got nothing from them last night. Like if MB doesn't have the game of his life, we lose that game. And like Montrez Harold, I mean, he's at, he's 10 minutes a game and he's at, 4.3 4.3 points a game. Like, I just expected a lot more from him. I'm expecting a lot more from Mel. And I'm just I'm just not seeing with this bench what I thought it was going to be. So that was an unpleasant surprise. Um, I can't say I was, like, surprised anything positively. Like, honestly, I just I, – I feel like Embiid, he, Embiid is Embiid. And Maxi is just – he's been inconsistent since Harden's um, stepped out. So it's just, like, I don't know if there's any positive surprises for me. Like, well, I would anything- say – Maxie's my pleasant surprise because I think that when you see him go out there and you, when he is playing at the best of his ability, you're like, man, I didn't understand what this dude's ceiling was. Gotcha. Yeah, like I think I think I thought he would be a mm-hmm. really good microwave guard, but like probably wouldn't necessarily close games or win games for you. He would just like every like mm-hmm. seven or eight games have like a really good twenty eight point blow up. And now I'm like, man, this dude might be the second best player on the team. And then, see, see, you know what it is? That didn't shock me just because I think we saw some of that last year in the playoffs. Like, and I, I shouldn't see, be shocked by Kentucky dudes yeah. not getting to show who they are in college. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who knows Who knows what, what's going on? And then I also, you know, I went into the year thinking that Tyrese Maxey would be a most improved player candidate. I think we said that on the first podcast. Yeah, we did. So, yeah. So, it, like, it didn't, like, it, I'm not really shocked by, like, his 22 points or, you know, uh, 20 points a game. He's shooting 40% from three. I'm not really shocked by that. Yeah, I I think that the thing that's really uh, got me concerned Mm -hmm. is watching the league this year, and especially because we talked about the first time we chatted about this, uh, like the first game, the first Sixers game against Boston, and I was like, damn, we got run out of the gym. Yeah. And I don't think that they got the memo about take fouls. Obviously, they did. But it almost felt like they were like unprepared for this new old way of playing basketball, which is much more up and down. And you yeah. can't just like grab a dude's jersey and take the take a breather. And I just look around the league, and man, my favorite teams and the best teams, they are fast. They are yeah. getting up and down the floor. They are looking for mm-hmm. points in transition. Now, the Sixers' main issue seems to be transition defense, but I feel like it's almost like a philosophical thing where they were not prepared for the way the league became a little bit more up and down and a little less deliberative, ISO, spread, drive and kick do you know what i mean yeah i know exactly what you mean and, I, and that's why i actually i actually thought the jazz would win that game last night and i, I think yeah. that was the most that was the most encouraging thing for me is that you know they pulled this out against a team who can just get up and down the floor now i know the jazz don't really have a center matchup for joel and bead so they they were at a disadvantage there but when you play a team like the celtics who 
I mean, at some point, they're going to have Robert Williams back or they're just going to be able to spread you out and make it really difficult for you to defend on the other end that to the point where it doesn't matter what they give up. <laughs> so it is like that transition defense and being able to play fast. It, it is a concern against the top tier teams. What do you think about this idea that like when Joe has games like this, mm -hmm. it almost feels like he's got to drag the team up the mountain. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't yeah. feel like, like I, I personally like watching, watching my guy score 59, like you're only going to have like four or five of those experiences in your life watching yeah. your, your team's best player do something like that. Like I, I think Derek Bodner said in his daily six thing, in his daily six newsletter today, which is an awesome Sixers newsletter. If you're looking for more stuff, Derek was like, if this had happened in a playoff game, we would be talking about it being one of the great performances in the history of the sport. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, but and I don't actually, I don't want to diminish it, but the one thing I will say is that Joel got a, a kind whistle last night. And I, and I don't know if that's going to happen all the time. And I think my biggest thing, I, I love Joel and B he tends to, he has these dominant games against, you know, some of the bottom feeders of the league. And not to say the Jazz are a bottom feeder. But there's but, a world in which they are. Yeah, and it's just, I don't always see this in the games against the Celtics or the Nuggets or um, they got a big test this week coming up against the the Bucks. Those are the games where I think we need, and I'm not expecting 59 points and, and, and 10 rebounds, but I need a dominant Joel. Because it's just like those are the those are the teams that you're gonna have to beat in order to get to the, to to the to the finals. So I need to see a dominant Joel, not against the bottom feeders of the league, but also the great teams as well. Yeah, it's interesting when you go back and you think about like say Steph in I think it was Game Four against the Celtics, or you think about like you know really important. Mm -hmm statistically eye-popping but dominant performances from obvious best players on teams and to the extent to which those performances feel like they are propelling a team forward or they are dragging a team forward you know what i mean yeah. like they, and there yeah. are nights where you're just like cool man like this dude just threw the team on his back and and like that was awesome but i think when you have performances like that mm -hmm. It's even better when it feels like, yeah, like this dude unlocked the whole team with it. You know, yeah. like everybody was feeding off of it. And even though he was the primary scorer, mm -hmm. it was like, yo, that game was really tight last night for most yeah. of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Going into that fourth quarter and you take a 26 point and B quarter to, to beat the Jazz. I mean, like yeah. that's just the, maybe that's just the way it's going to be. And if Embiid keeps playing like that, hell, he'll be back in the MVP race. You know, it's so funny that you mentioned Steph Curry because I think. Steph Curry is in the same position as Joel Embiid right now with the Warriors. I mean, he's literally having to drag this team forward, and it's taking miraculous performances for them to get to get over the hump. So I'm seeing the same thing with Steph Curry and Joel Embiid. It's like you know, they're, the teams around and surrounding them aren't great. I think and that the answer the answer here is obvious, and that's that we need to do a coach trade. I know that Golden State, you know, maybe they need a new <laughs> voice in the locker room, so we do Doc for Kerr straight up. And, and, you know, like, you know, maybe we could like, you know, that that would actually work because I think <laughs> the thing with the thing with Glenn is that he doesn't like to play younger guys. And the Warriors are right. struggling with all of those younger guys, Kamega, Moody, Wiseman. He would just Glenn would just say, you know, what, I'm going eight deep. And that's what the, Warriors the bridge had, to the future to would be closed for repairs indefinitely. <laughs> if he yeah. Went and, 
And it's like, I think the Sixers can, you know, stand to take a little bit more chances. I mean, obviously, they let Isaiah Joe go. But it's just, like, you kind of got to develop some of the younger guys. Like, um, Yeah, how are you feeling about Paul Reed right now? I don't, I, I don't see much of him. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, I don't know. He's got he's to be able to play through mistakes. I mean, maybe he's going to make too many mistakes, and maybe he's just not not right. But I mean, you got to you got to empower these guys so like they're ready when it matters. And I think that's what I mean. I know the Clippers are struggling right now, but I think the the success that the Clippers have had under Ty Lue it came from saying, "Look, Amir Coffee or Terrence Mann, you guys are going to play big minutes in the regular season." So you know when Kawhi Leonard goes down, yeah, Terrence if Mann you're not- is actually. You guys, if, you, if you're not going for, like, you're not the 97 Bulls. Like, experiment through the regular season. Like, take chances. If you're going to lose, lose because you wanted to see what a small ball lineup looked like or what a Paul Reed lineup looked like or what, you know, like, just, like, I'm fine with losing if it's like, oh, I can see what he's doing. He wants to yeah. see what happens when this is the these guys are out there. And I think that that's the, what frustrates me. It's like, it's not necessarily being seven and seven. It's being seven and seven and knowing nothing new about this team after seven and seven. Yeah. I, I feel like I don't know much new about this team that I didn't know going into the regular season. I mean, right. like I've, I've spoken at length about their transition defense last year, like going into the, the playoffs. Like I've, I've spoken at length about so many different things and I feel like nothing has really changed. Well, that's an inspiring way to recap a 59 performance <laughs> from it. I, I, I have MVP to be negative. I mean, I, well, we're, we're, we're it's yeah, a Philly pod, you know, it's yeah. okay to be negative. I think that there, there is like, I, I think that in some ways I'm very satisfied with, the, with taking, beating Atlanta once and beating a very good jazz team right after that. And Joel obviously playing himself into shape, although obviously also like the lingering kind of like, is Jojo going to get hurt? having to carry this team stuff like leave that where it is i'm 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 okay with being 500 i'm okay with weathering the storm while hardens out i would love to see more ideas in this team i would love to see more like what if we did this what if we did that what if we did this what if we spread this and like and you know you've just got to basically cross your fingers and hope that like guys like melton and house become bigger parts of this team yeah, I'm, I'm. I was impressed with the Suns win. I think. I think that was a, that was a good, a really good win. And yeah. at the end of the day, this team has won three or four. And I mean, they split the Hawks series, so we're doing a good job at weathering the storm. And that's all you can kind of ask for right now. And I, I just think Harden gets back. You know, maybe Maury makes some trades, but it, there's a clear there's a clear hierarchy um, amongst the best teams in the East, and it's clearly Boston and Milwaukee, and the Sixers are a step under that. I think it's Boston, Milwaukee, and Cleveland, and the Sixers are a step under. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Mm. Um, here's what's going to happen. Raheem and I are going to be going every Tuesday now that the fills are over, so you can expect us every mm. Tuesday. And then I think that if there's any news that demands it, be it injury, be it trade, be it 59-point game, we'll try and do some bonus content for you. But for now, for this first half of the season, while the Eagles are still going, we'll go once a week. And we'll have these half-hour chats about the state of the team. You can listen to Raheem on the Ringer Gambling Show, and you can listen to me on The Watch and The Rewatchables and all sorts of places across the Ringer Podcast Network. Raheem, thank you so much for doing this with me today, man. Oh, no, no. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm excited for the Milwaukee Bucks and the Sixers game. I mean, the Sixers have four days off, so that's a big game. And I, I think we probably should have won that first game against the Bucks. I don't know if the Bucks are going to be healthy for that game, but I think it's, it's, it's a... It's a 
it's a game that will tell us a lot about the Sixers at this point. Yeah, we're going to know a lot about, about what's, what's up with this team. I can't wait to talk to you about it next week. No doubt. <laughs>